You're listening to Breaking the Silence, a podcast by Reach 10, where we're creating a culture of courage, compassion, and connection to overcome the shame, silence, and fear that often surrounds topics such as sexuality and pornography. We're your hosts, Chriselle Simons and Creed Orm. Welcome back, listeners, to Breaking the Silence. Today we have Lauren Hunter with us, and we are very excited and grateful to have her with us today to help us answer the question, how can we talk about the harmful effects of pornography without creating more fear and shame about it. We know that it is so important to talk about the harmful effects of pornography because we know that there are those harmful effects. And it's just really important to have a reality check about those, understand the truths about it. But we also understand that so many people silently struggle with pornography and hearing about the harmful effects can be uncomfortable or can maybe stir up feelings of shame. We just want you to know that that is not what we're trying to do here. We think it's really important to break the silence on all topics, including the truth, including the reality. So if any of this is uncomfortable for you or causes you know feelings of shame, go ahead and be mindful of those and work on those uh, and know that we're not directing this towards you in particular, but it's important to address. But today we're answering this question and we know, right, Chriselle and Lauren, that there are harmful effects with pornography, but we know that we can fight it with love as well. We know that love kills porn, in fact. So let's dive in first by getting a little biography of you, Lauren. Tell us a little bit about who you are, where you come from and introduce yourself, please. So I'm Lauren. I'm 25 years old. I'll be 26 in December, actually. So it's coming up. And I'm currently in Orem, Utah. I am not in school right now. I'm planning to go back in a year or so. But right now I'm just working at a company that works with selling software. And I would say my favorite things to do is like snowboard. I love yoga. I love country dancing, pretty much anything with people. Also, I'm definitely very extroverted and I'll do whatever the group is doing. (laughs) And I was on Provo's Most Eligible, so a lot of people know me from that. Uh, It was a good time. It was a crazy time, but it was a good time. (laughs) So... Lauren, thanks so much for introducing yourself. And I want to know a little bit more about your story and why you're so passionate about pornography and like yeah, the fight against pornography. Totally. So my story started when I got married when I was 20. I did know that my, I guess, boyfriend at the time before I got married, I knew he had a struggle with pornography. He was really open about it. And so I kind of went forward with it, feeling like I trusted him. <laughs> And I think just throughout our marriage, it honestly, it never was that often that there was a slip. But what I've learned with trauma and pornography effects and things like that is that you can still kind of have behaviors of an addict without actually having current slips with pornography. So I feel like there was still, it wasn't a full recovery because he was still sort of disconnecting emotionally and he was still neglecting. And personally, I feel like, and I don't know for sure, but I think if you try to stop for the wrong reasons that those other effects kind of can stay there. I feel like he always did it because he was very much like wanting to make his parents happy and he knew his parents thought that was wrong. So I kind of always felt like he did it for that reason. And 
it just kind of created this weird lack of emotion and lack of empathy towards me that ultimately um, kind of spiraled and got really unhealthy um, to the point where I needed to seek help. And I came across a seminar called the Chain Breakers Association. It's really awesome. And they started teaching about you know, healthy relationships, healthy sexuality, um, abuse, breaking the chain of abuse is essentially what it was. And it was really helpful for me to go to that. And I also went to a 12-step for betrayal trauma, which was really interesting. And I just really dove in and got as much knowledge as I could so that I could kind of protect myself because I didn't know exactly what was going on. Like I didn't know, maybe it was my fault. Maybe I was doing something to cause an issue in our marriage because that's kind of what he kept telling me. It got to the point where he was like trying to diagnose me with personality disorders and there was a lot of gaslighting and it was just crazy. So I slowly got help and got to a place where I felt confident that, you know, I was doing everything I could and no one's perfect, but things weren't healthy for me to stay. So when I left, I just, I kept going to all those things and I kept learning. I was studying marriage and family therapy and I just really wanted to help other people because it's kind of really common. I know a lot of people who have been almost everybody honestly has been either exposed to pornography or had some kind of issue because someone struggled with pornography. So I think it's really awesome what you guys are doing because breaking the silence is the best thing we can do. I think if we can make it an open discussion, that helps so much because then people understand it. They don't feel like they have to hide and they can maybe understand that maybe what it truly is because I feel like a lot of men that I've talked to about it, you know, I, I explain things like how the pornography hurts, but the thing that damages the relationship and hurts the most is the way that they kind of shut down on you and they like kind of let themselves feel so much guilt that it closes them off to other people when, you know, maybe the wife just wants to be there to support and help and she'll be hurt for sure. But I think that the biggest killer in relationships is not necessarily just pornography. I think it's just the effects that come from it, not just the effects, but it a big part is the effects. I love this. And Lauren, first of all, thank you so much for sharing your story. <laughs> Thanks for being yeah. brave enough to share your experience and to, to open up about how you've honestly been affected by someone else's choice to view pornography. I just want to acknowledge like that's so real and it super sucks and it's so <laughs> painful. <laughs> and thank you. I think something that you said, I actually have a term for, and I don't know like how common of a term this is, but in addiction recovery from drugs and alcohol, it's a fairly common term, and that's a sober addict. And, oh, and it's a very interesting term because like often people will get sober, but they're still very much in their patterns and yeah. their addiction patterns or the, their thought errors or however you mm -hmm. want to view that is still very active in their lives. And yeah. those come from years of stuffing emotions and using whatever outlet it is that you're choosing to use to escape from having bad relationships. There's a lot of different thinking errors that come and, and different behaviors that come from addictions. But I think what you're saying is very accurate that just quitting pornography doesn't take those away. 
we have yeah. to work on and overcome the consequences or the effects or the thinking errors that you pick up from yeah. viewing pornography, right? Yeah. But from that experience that you've had with pornography, you have been affected and that has to be addressed and shifted. Mm-hmm. And so what are some more of those kind of under, under the surface effects that you've noticed or seen and experienced? Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, I definitely feel like, I mean, almost all of my relationships have included a pornography problem with the guy I'm dating. It, it's definitely everywhere. I definitely feel like every experience is a little different, but it's really interesting because there's a very common denominator of just kind of this shutdown of emotions and definitely a lack of empathy, maybe you know, not understanding why someone would be hurt or not letting them feel hurt or telling them they can't feel hurt and kind of a lack of romance. I feel like all of the times that those things got worse, I felt so, I mean, I guess that kind of goes along with like the neglect, but I definitely felt like, you know, I just wanted them to think of me and do something nice for me, but I feel like I was never on or rarely on their mind. Yeah. I mean, you've touched upon uh, some of the underneath effects and you, and you just did as well. Um, and so uh, just because you've mentioned patterns of narcissism, lack of empathy, lack of feeling for others, I think you mentioned those. Um, I guess uh, what I want to say also is I really like that you mentioned that when we're kind of in these relationships, if we don't have a third party professional to evaluate them for us or help us to see things, there can be patterns of abuse or gaslighting or mm-hmm. where, no, I'm not the problem. You're the problem. Just handle it better, you know, and that can be so tricky. And that, that's why it's so important to get help mm-hmm. as a couple, as a person struggling, as a person experiencing the betrayal trauma to really get a reality check about what's really going on. I also wanted to add just a couple other things. One of the biggest problems with pornography and one of the biggest consequences of pornography is that pornography is all about gratifying yourself and just getting like an immediate like self-gratification. And it's not about connecting with someone else in that sexual experience. Mm-hmm. And what that leads to is that when your needs aren't being met, often you will lash out and blame or look for a quick fix rather Mm -hmm. than connect with someone and like Mm -hmm. resolve the relationship. I think another thing is that, and a lot of addictions have this thinking error and that is that, Oh, this is only affecting me. Like Mm -hmm. this is my choice and it's only affecting me and it's not affecting anyone else that I'm around. Like I can, I can compartmentalize this and no one else will know and no one else will be affected by it. It's a big fat lie (laughs) and it's not true (laughs) because everyone and every single one of your relationships and your interactions will be affected by that choice to, to act out in that way. And I like how you mentioned earlier too, that one of like the things that hurts the most is that when someone uses pornography and isn't talking about it openly or in a connecting way among their loved ones that they shut down. And that's what hurts the most is like, all you want to do is just connect. And like, like, I know that you're struggling and trying to overcome this, 
but please just talk to me about it. Like, let's just talk. Mm. And then that can just even increase the intimacy. And that's what yeah. I think what Chriselle is talking about too, is that addictions in general can limit the intimacy that we have because it can, it's all wrapped up in this shame and we want to hide it. Yeah. So let's just talk about it. You know, uh, a question I have for you too is, it sounds like you're still dating people, but mm. it, but of course we know that so many people, well, most people have exposure to pornography. What yes. keeps you dating? What what hope do you have in dating? Or what are you looking for? Yeah, so I feel like with dating, I I will say I was given one piece of advice and I've tried to stick to it as much as possible. I don't know to what extent I would have the willpower to if I really was like dating someone for a while and they had like a slip. (laughs) But I did have a counselor that said you should see them clean for at least a year before you marry them. And that was really hard because then a couple of people I dated, they were like, yeah, like my last slip was right before we started dating. And I'm like, oh crap. Okay. So (laughs) it, it made me a little bit scared just because I still had faith in them that they could overcome it. And I still do. And each of the people that I know have struggled, they have such good hearts and they are such good people. I think if they really put their mind to it and don't let the shame in, I think the shame is just such a killer. And I'm, I'm kind of still working on myself with that because I've worked through a lot of trauma and I feel like I'm in a really good place. But I will say I've had to really work at being someone who can be good for someone who's struggling with that, even just as a friend. I want to support them, but it also hurts me. So it's a hard balance as, at least in my situation, as the girl, because it's like you want to, you, you know, you know that they're going to beat themselves up. So you want to be like, hey, it's okay, you got this, but you're also really hurt. So it's a hard balance. It's a really hard balance of showing them that, hey, this isn't okay and this does hurt me and affect me, but also don't beat yourself up over it because, you know, you can overcome it and... I personally feel like I have noticed so much that guys really guilt themselves, like more than girls. I think girls can, we have our insecurities and stuff, but guys really like pile on guilt. And I was talking to my, one of my friends and I was like, why? Like, it just makes you feel bad. Like, just let it go and move forward because the guilt isn't doing anything helpful. And you already know that you're not doing something you should do. So just like, you know, that's in the past, like you're moving forward. You don't need to keep that burden with you. And that's especially why we have the atonement so that we can let that burden go every week. And, you know, a lot of us know that there's relapses and stuff, but don't look so much into the future. Just live in the moment and know that right now I'm making a good choice. And right now I don't need to have guilt because I'm moving forward. And I think that if you can just work on, or someone who's struggling can just work on really forgiving themselves and knowing that, you know what, I'm human. And like, this is what life is about, trials and learning. And I know with my trial of like going through my divorce and stuff, a lot of people fall away from the church when stuff like that happens. My testimony was actually strengthened because you know, the choices I made to turn to Christ instead of being angry at him or blame him. And I love what you said about there is so much hope. When I, 
was coming through my betrayal trauma and in the middle of dating and (laughs) and it was so hard and so (laughs) painful and and also just facing the reality that like yeah I literally knew that every guy (laughs) or he told me was struggling was struggling because I knew I knew what it looked like I knew what it felt like and it hurt so bad every time and and it was really disheartening for me I don't know if you've ever felt that, but I for sure did. And I was often very discouraged. But for me, it came back to, I'm not looking for someone perfect. Mm -hmm. I'm looking for someone who's honest. I'm looking for someone who loves God and is willing to work at himself, just like I'm working at myself. And that Mm -hmm. right there, that's something I can find. Because, like, this perfect, someone who's, like, never been affected by it, that was not realistic. (laughs) But this idea of finding someone who, just like you said, is, like, working at it and has a good heart and is someone that will love God and love me, that's what what works. And that's how you overcome those effects, too. Mm -hmm. So, Lauren, I love this. What have you found to be helpful in having honest conversations about the facts and like the effects of pornography in a way that brings hope and, and light to it rather than fear and shame? I would say that with my conversations, when it comes up, uh, it's been different every time, honestly. Sometimes they bring it up. Sometimes I've asked about it. I will say, especially if it's more recent, it definitely will hurt. But I feel like it's okay if it hurts for us, you know, just maybe be patient for a second. Because I feel like usually I just need to process it. And then I'm like, all right, so let's move forward. Or what are we going to do? I think that, again, it goes back to that balance of maybe, you know, I've told them kind of my experiences with it in the past and why maybe it makes me a little nervous. But I also try to show them that I'm supportive and that I'm not judging them and that, you know, just to be encouraging. I was wondering if you have a message maybe for any women who are experiencing some betrayal trauma, what would maybe be your message to them that could be hopeful or helpful for them to figure out what to do and what's best for them in their relationship? Or, yeah. or maybe hope about there's recovery in the betrayal trauma or anything that you have, anything. Yeah. No, I love this topic because the 12 step for betrayal trauma I went to, it was just so awesome. I feel like it's really interesting because you always hear about the 12 steps for, you know, addiction, alcohol, alcoholic anonymous, and they have that for people struggling with pornography, but they also have it for people struggling with people with pornography, if that makes sense. Because we really do form habits that are harmful as well. And we have to make sure that we are creating healthy ways of coping, especially if I think the hardest ones are if you're married with kids and you're just kind of, you're locked in, you really just have a lot on your plate with your kids, but you can work through the 12 steps. Honestly, it's so helpful because the 12 steps is just the atonement for dummies, basically. It's just a walk through step by step. Uh, it was really interesting for me to learn what it was also, because now I also understand kind of what the other people are going through, what they're learning about um, when they go to their 12 step or when they're trying to recover and how I can help them better 
and not a lot of people tend to start trying to control things and they try to, you know, put filters on everything and monitor everything. And they, and a huge one, especially for me, I got really good at detective work and like, that is such a thing for so many people in that situation. You just get good at kind of finding things and it's kind of crazy how good you can get at finding things, but it's not healthy and it's not really your job to keep tabs on them as much as we want to. And as hard as it is not to, I think it's so important to just turn to the 12 steps first. It's, I mean, the first steps are about turning to God, giving up your will for his, like, it's just, it was so helpful for so many people in that class that were struggling. And I would say just to caution against the controlling though, a lot of people become controllers and also they kind of can become healers, which is really interesting. People that overdo helping people and fixing them, they want to fix everything. And so it leaks into their relationships and how they view things. And if they end up out of the relationship, they find someone else they can fix. And I just really caution against that and working through that trauma. So you break those habits of your own and you can be in a more healthy relationship. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that perspective. Cause I think it's, it's so important to, to talk about what we can work on if our loved one is struggling and how we can be at more of a help as it, as opposed to a hindrance. If we're becoming controlling, that's really not helping. And some it's good can help anyone. <laughs> yeah, a good book for that um, is Codependent No More. I had codependent um, tendencies as well, even with helping my friends through pornography. And I had to learn boundaries on what they can take care of, what I can do yes. to support. And that's so good for all of us to understand and learn. So Codependent No More is a great book. Twelve step program, just like. Lauren said for us, the helpers. So good. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah, of course. So I, I think what you're sharing is so beautiful, Lauren. And again, I'm so grateful that you've been willing to share these things with us and to Thanks. share your experiences with us. If there is one thing that you've learned from this that you wanted to share with our listeners, what would that be? I think if we can really think of it more objectively and how we can help while also maybe setting boundaries for ourselves. I think Definitely that was the biggest setting boundaries. Help. Yeah. <laughs> like never just, just maybe. <laughs> Please yeah, set it's boundaries. Hard. Yeah. Because it really is the balance. Like you don't want to be totally okay with everything, but don't be so discouraging. And you know, it's all about the balance. <laughs> you just set boundaries, but be supportive and loving and take care of yourself in healthy ways. I think that, that helps so much. Lauren, thank you so much. Thanks for being willing to come on and share your experiences. And I especially love this last little nugget of, yeah, set <laughs> boundaries, know who you are, know that you are worthy of love and that it's not you and respond with love, compassion, support, and belonging and connect. Yeah. It's really, I mean, it doesn't seem very simple, but it is that simple. <laughs> it's true it's true thanks for having me it was really great talking to you guys thank you for listening to breaking the silence by reach 10 help us create a new culture of connection by sharing what you heard today with at least 10 people please help us reach more young adults by going to itunes to rate and review our podcast be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes reach 10 is a nonprofit. you can help support this podcast by donating on our website and following us on social media. 
We share these views to open the dialogue on these tough issues. We are not professionals, and the ideas shared on this podcast should not be taken as professional advice. The opinions and views that our hosts and guests share do not necessarily reflect the views of Reach 10, and we don't guarantee the accuracy of any statements you hear. Reach 10 is not responsible for your use of information heard on this podcast. We keep learning and invite you to join us as we build a more open, compassionate, and courageous culture.